0: I will say that there were times in my life where I felt like I'm never gonna get to a place where I feel healthy. I'm never gonna get to a place where I can finally break through this, like this lid that's... yeah. And all I can say is that God is so much better than we ever imagined possible because it was when I stopped trying to control the situation. It was when I stopped trying to make my work and my deeds the thing that broke me through That's when the breakthrough came.
1: Hi, and welcome to the and Mama podcast, where we discuss life, motherhood, faith, and purpose. I am your mom, friend, and cheerleader. Yes, I said cheerleader, Mary Dupaval. I am excited to have you on here and pray that you leave this episode and every single episode to follow, inspired, encouraged, and motivated to step into the fullness of God's purpose for your life. Let's begin. Hey warriors! So today we are about to be joined by Kiel Hauser, Pastor Kiel Hauser. <laughs> um, she is not only just a pastor, um, but she is also a worship director. She's an entrepreneur, but most of all, she's a counselor. I mean, you're just a woman of all trades. Oh I was God. gonna say Jack, but Jill. Um, is it Jill? Jane of all trade, Jill. Jane of all <laughs> trades. <laughs> you just do it all. I, I mean, and you do it so well. You do it uh with such grace. And so I am so honored to have you on this platform to really just speak some life, some wisdom, and some prophetic word if you want to. It's all up to you. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> To Listen, we'll take any, we'll take it all. We'll take it all. You can pour out of your cup, let it overflow unto us. We'll take it. So we're just so excited to have you here. Um, and we know that we're going to be blessed by this conversation. So just tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. I, I was uh, telling you over text before the whole, like, tell me about yourself or tell me your accomplishments is oh, always feels awkward to me. Cause I'm like, I didn't do anything (laughs) like that, kind of like that false humility. Like it was all God, you know, (laughs) but Uh, you
1: did something I
0: grew up in Long Island. My parents got saved when I was 11. Um, and I had, I had been going to the church that, uh, we wound up in for VBS with my cousins. So I got saved and they were looking for a church. I was like, let's go to cousin Andrea's church, you know? Um, so I grew up in a very like um wild rock and roll charismatic church. Nobody wore shoes when they led worship. It was like Oh nice. I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's my dad. laughs> um, and uh, grew up, went to college, studied psychology. Um, but I grew up in a pretty dysfunctional family. So Somewhere along the like end of college, I started real, recognizing that like I can't live this way anymore. Mm. Like, the way that I was raised, there's pain in my heart. And I know that there's God has a better way. Wow. And, um, when I was 18 years old, I felt the call to ministry very strongly. But I knew that I wasn't the kind of person that could carry a ministry at that point. And so <clears throat> I went on a self-discovery slash self-development slash healing journey and the lord walked me through it and in the process i just learned these really hard very like deep hard lessons that i realized were like um they were duplicatable by other people and so i in the process of doing that stuff for myself i realized that this is an anointing on my life like the lord has called me to bring freedom to other people and maybe my journey was so hard and so long because I needed to figure out the ins and outs of how it works so that I can bring other people through it. So eventually I became a temperament counselor, life coach, um and then pastor and I that's what I do for a living. I I bring people freedom and I bring them breakthrough and I hope that when I open my mouth God says something interesting because <laughs> otherwise
1: I like that. It's like it's a hope.
0: We're just all hoping. Let's just hope that God does. Like all I can do is take my natural and hope He puts His super on it. Otherwise, it's kind of meaningless. So (laughs) that's uh, good. Yeah,
1: that's it.
0: That's what I do. That's me. Wow. I mean, yeah,
1: you kind of like, it's like, yeah, that's me. Like, it's just, it's just this little thing in the bucket, but it's amazing. It's amazing that all the facets and all of the experiences that you bring to the table. But I think while you were talking, the one thing that kind of like stood out to me is throughout the journey that you, you basically put on the table that you spoke of, there's this depth of how aware you were about your situation that you realized that, Hey, my family situation is not something that I want to continue. This legacy is not something that I want to continue. Um, and then you go into ministry and it's like, I feel the call, but I'm not prepared yet. And a lot of us, sometimes we feel the call and who we probably know we're not prepared, but we're like, God, we're just going to dive in at first. And then we end up doing hurt.
0: To be clear, I will <laughs> He did not let me do a lot of things that I would have done. Like, you know, I started leading worship when I was 13. So I was always in some sort of ministry but yeah. thing that I felt like God was putting on my heart. I had no idea how to create it myself. And so I just had to rely on him and his timing. And about 10 years ago, I got very, very sick. And um, right after I found out I was sick, I had an encounter with the Lord. And he spoke to me audibly. And he said, Keep your eyes on me and let me do the rest, and I will bring your destiny through this. And so, I really, all of the things that have come out of my life were just me on a journey of figuring out what does it mean to let him do the rest? Like, what does it mean to give up my control? What does it mean to surrender? What does it mean to? um, to follow him and not follow my, you know, I, I, I'm a fierce self-protector. So letting the Lord protect me and letting him be the, the gatekeeper of my heart is very hard for me. And that's something that like, I've been working on for probably 15 years and it's still hard for me, you know?
1: Yeah. That, that is, uh, I think all of us, we all take a side, we're all on the other side, like, Yeah, this is, that's a difficult topic. Yeah, <laughs> that's a difficult topic. But it's like self awareness. I, I want you to really talk about that because I think like something that I love about what you're saying and who you are is how how self aware you are. And for a lot of us, we're not aware about our situations, about who we are, what we love, what we do, where we're called to. How do you navigate that? How we, like what do you do? How do you how did you
0: get here to that point? I mean I want to say some of it is just a, like a like an anointing on my life because I have this weird ability to see like somebody can say one little comment and I can see straight down to the root of the problem like mm. and I'm not sure how much that has to do with my experience and how much of that has to do with a gifting right so okay. that's I think that's one thing but I think the other part of it is that I have a desire to not have uh blind spots I don't want to unintentionally hurt people. Wow, that's a good so, thing. Like out of my compassion and my love for other people, I'm like, "Well, I want to get better because if God is going to entrust me with other people, then I have to not be a jerk." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge jerk apart from this. <laughs> well, this is self-awareness. This is <laughs> right. Right. Um Well, and then also the other part of it is that I think it's really important to have people in your life that are going to give you honest feedback. Mm, That's a good thing. Um, As much as some of us really hate it, right? Some of us really don't want honest feedback because we're like, uh, either I don't want to submit to your leadership or I don't know that I really want to hear the hard stuff. Wow. So I've kind of left myself open to honest feedback to um, a, to a degree that might seem radical to other people, because I, if, if I believe that the Lord's called me to a certain level of leadership and a certain level of influence, I don't like, I don't love the word influence in, in relation to ministry. Cause I think everyone's striving for influence and yeah. I don't know that's God's intention, but if I feel like God's calling me to carry a level of influence, then I have to be able to be healthy enough. Like I hear, I heard Christine Kane say once that, um, the reason why God hasn't uh, elevated you to the level that you believe you're called to yet is because if he put that on your shoulders, it would crush you. Yeah. Right. And so I guess for me, I, I, I watched my family be super, super dysfunctional growing up. And I knew that God couldn't bring, anything healthy through that vessel. Wow. 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 So that so I, like, I I myself it. open to like, okay, God cut me open. Let's do this. Because if I don't, I'm never going to be like, I have a. will uh, be really honest. I have a, uh, like a blinding fear of insignificance, um, mm. blinding fear of like, never leaving a mark on the world and never having done anything of value. That's, actually what drove me into self-awareness in the first place. So I knew if I I would never leave an influence if I was too busy, like being consumed by my insecurities or being consumed by the things that I feel like God's not doing for me or, um, letting my thoughts run rampant, right? Like the fact that I even know that insignificance is a fear of mine is a result of, years of taking my thoughts captive. Yeah. Um, cool. but, but again, I also think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm passionate about this and certain people are not. <laughs> it's a but it's a hard thing. And I think
1: sometimes it's like, it's hard to be Because with self-awareness, it's also about when they, you know, when you go for the job interview and they ask you about the strengths and the weakness, we're always so quick to say, and I do recruiting, so it's kind of like I always hear people go, yeah, you know, my strengths are on this, I'm this, and then I go, great just give me one weakness that you had. And everyone clams up. (laughs) And I'm like, you have a weakness because in in this conversation, I think I just identified a couple of them for you, but we will leave that for another time. And it was, it's kind of like, I think self-awareness is this journey of really digging deep to understand even your weaknesses. And I think a lot of us are afraid of, seeming weak being weak appearing weak and so it's like we're always masking it like no i think i got this together but um i love what you say and a lot of that I, I listened to you and a lot of the things that you said were These are the things I had to work on. So it's like, you're no longer afraid of not meeting the mark because I know that if I don't meet the mark, then I'm going to work to meet the mark and I'm going to keep pressing and keep working until I get there. So there's always that growth level. So it's like a growth mindset in a way. Um, But you know, what about the person, can you speak to that person who's like, you know, my situation is just so heavy and I don't think that, um, if I even do a deep dive, there's anything that God can use in
0: me. Mm, I just felt that so deep. <laughs> Man, <laughs> there's an anointing on that question. <laughs> um, you know, not to get into too much detail about my past, but my, there were police officers at my house once a week there was my, there was so much violence and so much trauma. It was, it was almost as if it was always like waiting for the next shoe to drop. So I think I grew up like majorly traumatized. I still, I still find pockets of trauma in my life. Sometimes I hear certain sounds and I'm like startled. So my experience was very like all the, the bad things that you can think of were there. And and also I was, I didn't know who I was. So I had no identity. I had, didn't, I didn't know what I liked or, or disliked until I was in my early twenties. Like I had no idea because there was so much control in my environment that it didn't even give me space to explore that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, I will say that there were times in my life where I felt like I'm never going to get to a place where I feel healthy. I'm never going to get to a place where I can finally break through this, like this lid that's, that's yeah. me. And all I can say is that God is so much better than we ever imagined possible because it was when I stopped trying to control the situation. It was when I stopped trying to make my work and my deeds, the thing that broke me through. Yeah. And that's when the breakthrough came. And yeah. that's my biggest breakthrough was laying on the floor during worship every day in ministry school, not praying, not worshiping, not raising my hands, not singing along, not reading my Bible and Holy spirit come because I'm broken. And unless you come, I'm not going to make it. And so I think like, if you believe that there is nothing redeemable in you, then you don't know the goodness and the kindness of God, because he literally took me off the floor. Hmm in ministry school, off the floor, completely broken, hopeless, not knowing what was next, not like I had come to a point where I just gave up the vision of my life. I'm like, okay, God, if this is not meant to be, then, then take it. I don't care anymore. Like I will be happy to just like be a nomad and figure it out as I go. And it was from there that he built something in me that actually was sustainable because I had oh. up my need to control the situation and to control the outcome. So I would say the people who believe that they're they're unredeemable or their or their story can't be used for the benefit, used for their good. I would say just let go, give up. Like give up your need to control, give up your need to understand the outcome. As scary as that is, that's the place. It's it's in our weakness, it's in our inability that the Lord becomes powerful and and miraculous in our lives.
1: Whew. Okay, so that was <laughs> like I feel like whew, all right. Okay, if that if that's it, then we're done. That was <laughs> amazing, that was amazing. No, that that because I think for a lot of even just moms, a lot of women, it's like not only do we hold on to our past, but we hold on to words that people spoken over our lives. And a lot of us look at ourselves and say, you know what, I'm not where I thought I would be, and you know this confirms what X, Y, and Z said. So you know what
0: then this is what my life is. Sure. And won't those enemies won't the enemy use those words against you, right? Um I remember certain times in my life where the enemy would come and speak through a person and just like oh. directly to my most major insecurities. Yep. Um and and I, I think, you know, when we understand ourselves and we understand the plan and the purpose on our lives, then we're able to cut those things off quickly. And one of the ways that I learned who God called me to be was through the attack on my life. Ooh. So I, I have, I am very clear from the Lord an anointing for healing, whether it's emotional or physical, that's what God's calling me to do. Freedom, healing, breakthrough. That's it. My whole life, I lived in emotional bondage. Wow. And then struggled with sickness in my body. Mm. So it's very clear. The enemy is like, he's showing his cards when he, he's telling his secrets when he comes in and he attacks you. And I think that if you're looking at your life, self-awareness is looking at the evidence in front of you, looking at your life, looking at your experiences, looking at The feedback you get from other people looking at, um, the things you love and don't love and going, okay, what does this all add up to? What story is this telling me? Wow. And I think for me, the story was that there was, there was a very clear call for me to bring like just refreshment, healing freedom into people's lives. Um, good. yeah, and I think that's true for everyone. I think if everyone yeah. down and wrote down all of the things that they get attacked in the most, they'll find a theme. They'll find a spirit. They'll find their calling. Yeah. They'll find it.
1: Cause it's, you know what it is? Cause at the end of the day, and we in this, in the roaring mama and the Roarier community, we call it your roar. That's your purpose. That's the thing that God has put you on this earth to do. And the enemy's plan is to make sure that you never fulfill it. Yeah. So he's going to make you feel as if that's your, you're the weakest link when it comes to this, you're the weakest link when it comes to healing, because look at you and your body, you know, look at you and, you know, in your emotions, how can you possibly heal other people? How can you possibly speak life into somebody else when you yourself are struggling? So you're right. It's like, he's, there are no tricks. He doesn't really have any tricks, but he kind of, like you said, he shows you his hands. And it's kind of, if we look in and say, "Mm, that is what God is really calling me to do. That's the purpose on my life. That was such, that was such great insight. So how did you then, you said that you surrendered. And for a lot of people who go through things in a way, I don't want to say you get attached to your trauma, but that trauma becomes your identity. Mm -hmm. And when God says surrender, because and I think when we're looking at this from the biblical perspective with with Jesus in the center of it is. When you're surrendering your trauma, you're trading it in for his identity. Mm-hmm. But if you've walked so long in this identity, you've won this rat clock. This is who I call myself. I'm the victim of this. You know, I'm the victim of, let's say, violence. I'm the victim of, of emotional abuse. This is who I am. That's the only way I know how to function. How then do you trade that? Like, I know you said you, so you basically had to surrender, but a lot of people are struggling with really just giving that to God. What steps did you take or what tips can you speak into somebody else? Who's probably in this moment where you were to tell them, Hey, this is how to do it. This is what you can do to get you across to the other side.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great question. I I mean, the, the most glaringly obvious answer is who does God say I am? Yeah. Cause he does not say I'm an abuse victim. Well, mm. I personally wasn't physically abused, but he does not say you're an abuse victim. He does not say you're the result of trauma. He says you were fearfully and wonderfully made mm-hmm. that, that he has a purpose and a plan for your life. Um, that, that is for your benefit. He says that when you lean in, he'll actually tell you his, his, secrets. Jeremiah 33, three says, um, uh, seek me and I will teach you great and unsearchable things that you do now. Right. He actually says that you're his friend. So yeah. it, I think part of it has to do with taking the thoughts that are telling you, you're one thing and telling them they don't, they just don't have permission anymore to be there. Yeah. Um, and And one of the things that I do, I I call it sanctified imagination. So when I'm struggling in an area of my life or I'm struggling to connect to the Lord, what I'll do is I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine that me and Jesus are doing something together. Mm. Whether we're walking down the beach or we're at an amusement park, we're always doing something fun because I have a very adventurous spirit and I need lots of fun. (laughs) Um, I get bored very easily. So so me and Jesus are, let's say, walking down the beach and we're talking. And as I imagine it, the Lord actually takes over that imagination and he starts to speak to me through it. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask him questions like, why do I see things this way? Who do you say I am? And I'll look into his eyes and I will wait for an answer. And I think that that experience or that method of prayer has helped me kind of, um, dismantle some of the lies that I believed and some of the areas of, um, great attack in my life. Mm. I just, we have to come to a point where, um, we are desperate to think differently or desperate to, um, have a different experience with the Lord, because if we're not, we get very lazy in, our spiritual disciplines. And for me, one of the major spiritual disciplines was taking my thoughts captive and it still is. Cause I am, um, we mentioned temperaments yeah, um, and I, I could never go into all of them now, but I'm a melancholy in control, which basically means that I have a tendency to overthink things mm. and overthink things from a very melancholy would call it a a realist perspective, but it's really a pessimistic perspective. (laughs) If I'm honest, that's true. (laughs) I am on the one hand, an extremely optimistic and hopeful person by nature. But then there's this part of me that's like, but is that true? Is that possible? Are you living in fantasy and questions that? And so there's a battle for like the ground of our minds. And we have to decide if we're going to fight that battle or not. And most people struggle with self awareness because they're not willing to fight that battle. Mm. A lot of work. It is.
1: It is. It is. is. So it is. It is. is. And I think it's hard. It's not an. It's a daily battle. Because I think a lot of times when we think about it, we the idea of a battle is. When we watch, like, if you watch, I I love those old movies where they're fighting for land and territory. It's like (laughs) century. And I'm always like, yes, the king is going to win. And so I get excited. And it's like, once we conquer, that's it. We've conquered the land and that's it until like another enemy comes in and then it's a new enemy. But I think what's different with our mind is it's the same enemy Mm -hmm. and it's a daily battle. Mm Mm-hmm. You're constantly fighting. Mm-hmm. So our idea of winning a battle is once we win, it's over. But then this is that one place where you constantly are fighting. Yeah. Not So it kind of, in a way, it's like, oh my gosh, am I ever going to win? And it's like, yes, you're winning. This is how you get to the other side is continue
0: fighting. It's yeah. not just a one-time thing. So I, I yeah. And I think we need updates, right? Like if we think about it like a computer, we need updates. Yeah. 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 There are certain things that I don't struggle with anymore. I don't, I don't struggle with whether or not God loves me anymore. That was a huge Mm -hmm. struggle in my life. I believed he loved other people more than he loved me. And I don't, I don't believe that anymore, but I, every once in a while, I need a little upgrade and an update. Yeah. Yeah. Remind myself all the ways he does love me and all the things that he does for me every day, all the ways that he blesses me every day. Um, And so I think it's important to keep that in the forefront of your mind. I mean, the Bible says that if you resist the devil, he will flee. So eventually this particular battle, you're going to grow in, you're going to grow, you're going to gain ground in it, and you're going to get victory in it. But the way that the enemy, um, he's clever, he sucks, but he's clever. (laughs) Because he doesn't actually have to do that much work if we, if we feed yeah. or if we let grow the seed that he plants. Yes, yes. And that all happens in the, I mean, I hate to be cliche and quote Joyce Meyer, but it all happens in the battlefield of our minds.
1: Yeah. If he's
0: ground in our mind, then he doesn't have to do anything else because we
1: will implode. We will do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We basically do it ourselves. It's like why I, I just need to plant the seed and you let it grow. You water it, you trim it, you trim the hedges, you make sure it's pruned. You do a great job at it. I just had to give you a seed, and that's where a lot of us are. It's like a lot of times, and we allow that seed to grow mm-hmm. instead of uprooting it when it's just the seed. Right. And so a lot of us are dealing with trees now that we allow to grow. Mm-hmm. When when we have the chance to say, okay, no, this is just a seed. Let's let's reverse that. Let's think about what God says. Let's think about what God you know what God has spoken over my life. We allow it to grow, and then now it starts to basically the root of that seed is is, is cramming the vision that God has for you, and it's basically suffocating and overshadowing. Like I, okay, so Caleb loves to watch. Um, <laughs> like these forests and animal shells. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was vines or was it weeds? There are certain weeds in the jungle that what their job is to do is they grow tall. They go taller than every other plant. They don't have any purpose. They serve no purpose. Their only purpose is to kill the seeds that are underneath. Yeah. So they grow and they become these large trees and their leaves basically cover the other fruiting trees so that they can't get sun so they can't get sun so now what it is it's it's a fight constantly for them to go for for the for this seed to go now and find ways and loopholes to get the sun, if not, it dies. It basically dies out because it couldn't get sunlight, and that's what the enemy wants to do. Is he just wants to overshadow this seed that God has planted within you before you were born, like Jeremiah said, "I knew you." So there was a plan um, that God had for our life, and the enemy's job is just to overshadow it, just to basically put an umbrella over it, so that we constantly are trying to get to God, but then it's like all these thoughts are just overshadowing. Are you worth it?
0: That's such a good capable. Question
1: are you, do you think that God loves you? And this whole time you're drowning and you're like, but I just feel like I I know there's more. I know that there's something on the other side of this big leaf that's covering me, which is God. He has to speak. And so until we do the work to say, you know what, I'm just going to keep finding every little pocket of sun I can find and keep pushing until I can get over this and get to the other side, then I'll be okay. Because then I see and the seed that God has within me grows.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah. I mean, that is, I've never heard a better, more fitting metaphor than that. That is such a, it's interesting how gardening and plants, like when I started gardening last year, I started gardening during quarantine. And I was like, I feel like there's so many biblical lessons in this right now.
1: It really is. It really is. They do. It's they're all tied to gardening. Maybe it was because they were all in the farm. <laughs> so right. they wrote about what they knew. <laughs> but I, I, what I want to find out is between, you know, where you were and where you are right now, that journey of self awareness, how important will you say it's served in getting you to this point?
0: Oh, I would say it was 90% of the process because there were things in my heart that were preventing me from being who God said I am. Yeah. And I didn't know they were there. I literally would say to God, God, I don't know what needs to be fixed. I don't know what's broken. I don't know what the problem is. I just know it feels like a tornado inside me. Wow hurts all the time. And even I would get breakthroughs and to go back to that metaphor, I would cut branches off. I would cut branches of the trees off. And I'd think like, Oh, I'm making progress, but I could never get to the root Mm. took asking the Lord to show me and reveal it to me and to come in and help me pull it out. And, and a, a lot of it had to do with, you know, um, help from other people. You know, I, spiritual mentors that would talk me through things and friends that were wise that would talk me through things. And, and that helped a lot and people that would pray with me. But I would say that I wouldn't be here today if I had not dug into those things in the past and like ripped my heart open and said, okay, God search me and know me, show me what is not what's impure, show me what isn't serving me anymore. And he's still doing that. So I don't, I I don't want to create the illusion that I have arrived or that any of us ever really arrive. I think there are certain things we don't struggle with anymore, but we've never really arrived. I like to think about it. So my counselor told me this, um, kind of, Really interesting way of thinking about it. He said, Imagine you're wrapped in chains mm-hmm. from your shoulders all the way down to your feet. If someone starts pulling on the chain, you start spinning around. Yeah. And you see the same every time you spin around, you see the same things that you saw last time. But every time you come back to center, you're one loop freer.
1: Wow. So, that's amazing.
0: So I, it, it's not that I don't still deal with codependency in certain areas of my life. It's just not that many anymore, and it's rare. Wow. It's not that I don't deal with feelings of insecurity anymore. It's just I know what to do with them and what filters to bring them through now. Wow. wow. Um, and so they don't weigh me down and destroy me the way that they used to. And I think that's. The hope it's just like in marriage, like people come to me in counseling and they're like, we're still fighting. I'm like, the goal's not to stop fighting. You're never going to stop fighting. It's just to fight better <laughs> <laughs> and get over it faster. Yeah. And no punch below
1: the belt. That's, <laughs> right. yes, that's a good rule. That's a real rule. Yeah. But- <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. It's not that it's that we're seeing the same things but we're one step closer to getting and it's not like it doesn't hurt the same way it hurt before. Right. And I think even oh,
0: go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go. Um I would say even like one of the obstacles that many women I think we are very hard on ourselves. We don't cut ourselves a lot of slack. There's not a lot of grace. There's ex- an expectation of perfection. Yeah. And perfection is the antithesis of growth. It's the, mm-hmm. it's, it's the opposite of growth because perfectionism actually, um, makes you always think you're failing. So like yeah. if perfection is here and I wind up from here to here, then all I'm thinking about is how much I failed Yeah. rather than look how much I'm killing it at life. Look how much growth yeah. I've made, you know? So I think that if, if we want to see ourselves, if, if I had a paradigm of perfectionism, then every time I had a thought of insecurity or every time I reacted codependently in a situation, I would tear myself down. Yeah. But because I don't uh, expect myself to be perfect anymore, I have, I can celebrate progress. Yeah. And I can look at the wins and look at what God, I uh, Bill Johnson says, we have to stop looking at what God is not doing and celebrate yeah. the things that God is doing.
1: Yeah. It's reframing the mind and just looking and refocusing your vision to, okay, I see what I could be doing, but let me celebrate what I am doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Oh my gosh. This is so good. And this is so, I know this is going to be such a blessing because I know that a lot of, a lot of women, like you said, in general, were in a society that expects perfection from us. And so in a way, it's like we take on other people's ideas for ourselves. We're like, okay, you, you feed me who I'm supposed to be. But it's kind of like God is saying, no, I need you to take all of that, basically, that you have that idea of who you should be, who you could have been, and throw that out and take on the identity that I spoke over you before time. Right. So... That's yep. so good. That's mm-hmm. so good. But how important. So could you say that a lack of self-awareness can stop us from getting to the purpose that God has from us for our lives?
0: Yes, I think it can stop us from getting to our purpose because I think um I mean a lot of people chase dreams that are not for them. Like I I actually took the LSATs and got accepted to law school, which I'm sure would have wow. been, but that's not what God called me to, like at all. Right. And it and And I was doing that because I was like, well, I, I think I'm supposed to be financially successful in this way. I think I'm supposed to be ruthless and powerful. I think that being a lawyer gives me status and significance. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm going to do. And thankfully I did not spend years of my life and $150,000 before I realized, oh, this is not quite for who I am. Yeah. That was the grace of God on my life because he put something inside of me. That's like, if something's not for me, it like disgusts me and I can't even look at it. So, um, so thankfully he shut it down before it was too late. But I think that, um, self-awareness also is saying, this is what I'm capable of right now. Like, it's unrealistic for you with three children to think that you're going to rule the world you just had a baby a couple months ago like literally you have a brand new child, right
1: even though i try i'm like let me try and then i am like smacked
0: back into reality right and i mean i'm so i'm i'm obviously every time i see it i'm like so impressed by what you're doing <laughs> killing like just so authentic to who you are and you're like taking care of these three humans every day and working a full-time job. And I'm like, man, Mary's killing it. But it would be unrealistic for you to say, I'm going to do th- three other things now. I'm going to take out yeah. three other things that I, I just have to... And so I think self-awareness is also knowing what are my limits? What's my capacity? There are certain seasons in my life where my body doesn't respond the way that I want it to. And so I have to pull back a little bit. I would kill myself without that self-awareness and that willingness to give myself the grace. I think we all would. And I think that's what a lot of women are doing Yeah, and they're going into burnout and they're struggling with their health as a result because they won't just let what they have be enough.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That is a whole word. Let what you have be enough. And and the thing about what you have, I'm like that's a really good word. I'm like I, I have to write that down because I'm like let what you have be enough because God says everything you need to be who He's called you to be is inside of you already. Mm-hmm. So then all you need, all you have is enough. There's nothing else, and a lot of us are trying to add on, and it's like it's just like me. Randall complains every time I go grocery shopping, and he's like Mary in Target. He's like, you know, at the end of the shopping when you're right there by the the cashier, all of that stuff. I always find something that I don't need to buy, uh-huh. and he's like Mary, everything you came in for is in the cart. You don't need anything else. But I'm like not enough yet. I think I might need this. And he's like, put it down. They created this section just for you. And a lot of us in life we're going to that section and we're like, God is like, I put everything in your cart already. I went to the store and I picked up everything you're going to need for your life. But we come in, we tell him, but God, I'm right here about to pay. And I'm about to get to my purpose. But look at that. That other person has this too. So Mm -hmm. I might need it. So should I pick it up? And he's like, you don't need anything. I put everything in the cart already, just pay and leave. And you're like, but I want to buy this. It looks good. It looks like I should have this, but that, that's such a good thing. It's like, what, let what you have be enough.
0: Honestly, that metaphor is preaching to my heart. because. Man, it's true. Like we, that I think we spend too much time trying to figure that out, like trying to figure out, like, what else do I need to make this happen? Instead of just trusting that God's timing is exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's good. And I think, man, that's going to speak to so many people, Mary. It (laughs) really is.
1: Just let what you have be enough. That's it. Once you become self-aware, I feel as if, and that's where you came to is once I, once you became self-aware, you started to realize that everything that I have is just enough to be the person, the fullness, the whole person that God has called me to be.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that was another level of authenticity to peel off too, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not adding to, it's just discovering that. Yes, that's yes, I love that. Yeah.
1: So you discover more about who you are. And a lot of us will be like, oh, but is this really me? Yeah, it's just been beneath the surface. Like, there are things that I'm doing now that I'm like, is this really me? And I'm like, yeah. Everyone around me is like, yeah, we knew that. And I'm like, but I don't, this wasn't, and it's like, but you just discovered a new part of who you are. And that's the interesting thing about self-awareness. It's like a discovery. It's like, yeah oh, I can do that. And I can do this and I can do that
0: too. Right. So, so God, it's also like a, a self self-awareness is God awareness because we mm. are reflection. Yes. Yes. And so the more, the more we let him show us about us, the more we learn about him because he made yes. us. So mm. he made me adventurous. That means there's a part of God that's adventurous. Yes. Right. Oh, that's so good. We can right, so make us, let's say, intellectual. That means there's a part of God that's intellectual because he can't reproduce. He can't make something he isn't.
1: Wow. Wow. I think my mind just went, <laughs> I never thought of it that way. It's like we, we say it, but we never think that, okay, if I'm a reflection of God, then that means I, I like
0: in all simplicity, I look like him. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like I jokingly say to him sometimes, like, do I have your nose?
1: (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) I love that. That is so, it's like humanizing who God is. And he, look, he's us. He's, you know, for a lot of us, like I, for a long time, I was like, oh, Mary, you're too emotional. And that's because God is like, I'm emotional there's an emotional part of me. So it's like, I can, Randall says this all the time. I'm like, he's like, it's probably, I could walk into a room and it's like, if I see someone sitting there, my heart is like, I feel, it's weird. Cause it's like, there's something that I feel. I feel this, this right here makes me awkward and everyone else. And I'm like, Randall, I feel like that person or I just, I, I don't know why this person looked like that or why they looked at me like that. But I feel something because of that. And you just made
0: me realize it's like, I'm just being who God is. And yeah. that's actually a, a huge prophetic gifting. And i that's something for me, I struggled with it because I would actually feel all of the chaos around me yeah, and all of the emotions around me. My parents used to say that when I was a kid, when we were on our way to a family party, I would always get in a mood and they never knew why mm. now looking back, I can see it's because I was anticipating feeling everybody's pain and feeling this oh. and feeling everybody's awkward feelings and nice. I handle it. And nobody taught me how to do it until I was. Yeah. <laughs> right? Now that I know how to do it, it's a great benefit, but, yeah. it, but, but t- I also was always told I was too emotional Mm -hmm. And I have in one of my experiences with God, he told me your emotions are my favorite thing about you. Wow. And it gave me the freedom and the forgiveness for myself and the freedom to be me. So I think that's why it's important to always go back and ask God about every limiting belief we have and every lie we believe like, God, is this true? Because he will tell, he will reveal it to you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's so good. That is so good. I feel like you just you made me self-aware, like, okay, so this is a good thing. It is it's hard. It's
0: hard to manage.
1: It's hard. It is hard. Because sometimes you start, like you said, you step into a room and you're like, oh my gosh. It's like I hate awkward things happening around me because I'm just like, okay, I know how awkward you feel. And if you feel that way, then and then it puts this thing on, I want to make you feel better. I hope I can help you feel better. And I had to come to a point in my life where I was like. It's not your responsibility, right? It's okay. Let them go. <laughs> Let them enjoy awkwardness until they can get back. You don't have to always fix it. So it's like, I always tried to fix it. I was like, okay, if you feel stressed out, it's probably because, so how can I make you enjoy this moment? And it's like, it's not my place to. it's not my baggage to carry. It's not that. So it's, it's that fine line of being self-aware and then growing in it and allowing, like you said, even people on the outside to kind of speak life into you and help you through that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is so good. I'm like, this is, this is, I, I came out of this and I'm like, this is so liberating. This is a great conversation. If there is one last thing that you can say to the women who are listening in this moment, something that God just lays on your heart, that last parting gift that you can give them, what would that be?
0: I, I think it's kind of cliche. We've all heard it before, but you are not, you're the only, the only person that can be you. Well, like you're not going to play anyone else. Well, wow. The only person that you're going to like really nail is yourself. Um, yeah. if you feel like you're trying to be someone else or you're comparing yourself to someone else, just stop because, um, this world needs what you have, yeah. a unique gift, a unique, uh, hue of a color, if you will, that you get to represent about God that nobody else in history will has or will ever represent. And so you get an opportunity to be that color for the world, wow be that 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 vibration to the world that nobody else is ever going to be and let that be your contribution let that be the thing that you know you leave behind when you move on to heaven
1: wow Thank you so much, Kiao, for sitting with us and blessing us with all of the goodness and wisdom that you just gave us. I and I know that there I, I keep saying this and I'm gonna keep repeating it. There are millions of women out there who are going to be blessed by what you have to say. Um, I have faith that we're gonna to- <laughs> Yes. yes, that are going to be blessed because of your yes, because of you going through the process um, to bring people over. And this, in this moment, I just like see you and I see women just basically hinging onto the words that you said, and they're coming over. They're coming over that trauma. They're coming over that, you know, place of brokenness and feeling like that God can't use them to seeing that God wants to use them and there's like you said there's a uniqueness there's an authenticity about them that represent the authenticity of god and without them we never get to experience who god is so in that in that frame so it's just it's amazing i am so blessed we had this conversation how can people find you if they want to say i (laughs) how should they look
0: how can they find you Um, Instagram is the best way. It's K-I-E-L-E-H-A-U-S-E-R. And that would be the best way to find me. I don't do Facebook that much. Um, And I definitely, I don't do Twitter. I'm not on TikTok. (laughs) Why not? No video. (laughs) I'm like, I keep teetering on the edge.
1: I I went on TikTok. Listen, I went on TikTok and Randall was like, oh my gosh. Because I would just be in the middle of the night laughing (laughs) (laughs) He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's TikTok. Uh, It's uh,
0: It's so bad. It's so good. (laughs) (laughs) good. But Instagram's the best way to get in touch with me. Um, Can I just say that I am so blessed by what you're doing. I think that you are giving a place for women to be fully free. Like lots of women, when they become moms, they lose their identity. to Momhood, right? And you are giving women permission to be like great moms and also kill it at life in other ways. So I just pray that God blesses you with incredible favor and increase because it's needed in the world. I'll take that. Thank you so much. I received
1: that. Royos, this has been amazing. We have had such an amazing conversation. Um, I know that there is so much to unpack. So I suggest that I hope that you go back and re-listen to this because you're going to need to listen to it the first time and then come back again and re-listen again because there's some notes that you probably missed, some wisdom, some nuggets that Kiel dropped that you did not get that you need to get. So I am so excited at what you're going to get out of this. And I hope that you never forget to be just like she left us with your intent, your authentic self, because it's a representation of who God is. So don't try to be anybody else. Don't try to be, you know, Sister Susie, Uncle Joe, just be you because you matter. Your roar matters. So keep roaring, keep doing life and just keep being a representation of who God is on this earth. Thank you for listening in to yet another episode of the Raw Mama Podcast. I hope that you left this episode feeling inspired, encouraged, and motivated to pursue and live out the fullness of God's purpose for your life. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to like, subscribe review, and share this podcast. And throughout the week, you can always find me on Instagram and it is at Roaring underscore mama. Let's have a conversation. DM me. Let's talk a little. Let's have a chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Um, And like always, do not forget to roar because your raw matters.